Welcome, podcast listeners. You have found Superhero Chicken Fest, the new podcast by Doormonster Entertainment. We've had a long-standing tradition here to go out, see the latest superhero movie, and then go get chicken wings and dissect both. We called these nights Superhero Chicken Fest, so it seemed like a fitting name for the podcast because we're basically doing the same thing. This first episode contains spoilers for The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Suicide Squad, and Doctor Who Season 9, Episode 12 a little bit. So if you haven't seen those yet and care about that kind of thing, you should probably watch them first and then come back. We're also sponsored by Audible.com, the sponsor of every podcast on the internet. If you head on over to audibletrial.com slash doormonster, you can get a free audiobook and 30-day trial on us. They have over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, because apparently some people still use off-brand, just like standalone MP3 players. I don't know, whatever works for you. Anyway, on to the show! Superhero Chicken Fest! Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Allison. I'm Ian. And I'm Rachel. This is Superhero Chicken Fest. It's our brand new podcast. Uh, it is about movies and writing and superheroes most of the time. Because but that's kind of incidental because we are sort of monolithic people. Are yeah. we? Yes, we only like superheroes and that's it. We've never done anything oh, else interesting. I mean. Okay, yeah. We basically only see Oh, yeah, right. No, sorry. Not monolithic as in like important. No, definitely <laughs> not. Although our symbol kind of looks like a monolith. That Continue. is true. Anyway, yeah, so uh, each episode we're going to be covering like some kind of writing topic or a specific film um, and using various movies or uh, just fictional storylines to address storytelling and aspects of storytelling because that's sort what of our do. thing. Yeah. Particularly, so. I think I would like, uh, my, particularly we're going to try to, um, uh, Talk about what we like about those things. Right, yeah, because there's lots of YouTube series and podcasts uh, about criticizing movies. They're called critics. It's a job. We're not actually touting ourselves as critics so much. Not that we won't have negative opinions on some things, but for the most part, we are actually specifically addressing things that we like and using examples of things that we like to illustrate uh, like best writing practices and stuff. Except for the explicit times when we don't, because like in the future, I want to have like a... uh, one episode of how not to write a movie with Fantastic. That's right. that's one future episode that we have, have planned. I also just kind of want to do random like like I, I would like to do. I think it'd be great if we could do a different podcast for each season of Doctor Who. Just that go would be one by one, just like yeah. in depth. Um, for our first episode, though, we are going to uh, make sure we highlight our main theme of uh, being, being wrong. positive and wrong by talking about two movies that we thought were great that everybody else hated. Which are The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Suicide Squad. And how they make each other better when watched together. Is that true? Yes, I believe their themes and the reasons they are good echo each other in ways that amplify those strengths. Okay. Is it the colors? Is the colors <laughs> is one of them. The colors were great in both of them. Mm-hmm. That kind of mm-hmm. feeds into it. Actually, that's, so that's sort of like my point, actually, just kind of leading into it. So, <laughs> for all the people who haven't already turned the podcast off after that sentence... <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it's sort of like like the, my main sort of measure for superhero movies, especially, are I I prefer them when they acknowledge what they are. And I feel like I've gotten that point across in some of our videos. Actually, right. we uh, I, we had a sketch about this. Actually, it was yeah. it was uh, Secret Identity Secret Crisis. Identity Crisis. Yeah, there's a a post on a gaming forum I saw once. This won't make any sense to you yet, Kyle, but to a lot of people listening, probably will. It was talking about Metal Gear Solid. Surprise! It was talking about how Metal Gear Solid Four may not have been the best game they ever played, but by God, did it go hard. 
Like everything <laughs> it did, it did at 11. It was like, no, no, we're gonna do this and we're gonna go all in, we're not holding anything back. And even if it's not good, we're going to go in it with full gusto. Mm-hmm. I and, respect that so much. And that's what both yeah. of these movies do real, real hard. Yeah, I love that. Cause then it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like when you're in when you're in school and like you know somebody has a class project or something and you're really nervous about it and then at some point you're just like, I'm gonna commit full force. <laughs> exactly. And then you realize they might not have loved it and it wasn't the best quality, but at least they respected you by the end of it because right. you just you just did it. Like you just jumped in head first and were like, Nope. Right. Gonna do it. And and the one the movies that bug me are usually Zack Snyder movies. Um, right, well, which is kind of interesting because he has like a sort of checkered history with this. Yeah, but it's it's the ones that like like uh, Man of Steel is my go-to example of this because it's it refuses to acknowledge the fact that it's a su- that it's a Superman movie. Like they they don't even I think they might say Superman once in the movie. I don't remember. Well, yeah, so it's kind of a it's a it's a reaction sort of deal. We're kind of like we went through the period where everything was like bright and super on point and very just like on the sleeve on its sleeve of like what it was and that was like the nineties right. and then like. We started doing, like, movies kind of had, like, a reactionary period where it's like, let's not do that anymore, let's be subtle, and then the subtle turned to gritty, and the gritty turned to kind of lost in the fog, and now it's like, like, wouldn't it be cool if, like, nobody just says Superman, but they might say, the Superman. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they even reference kryptonite in it, but don't call it kryptonite. They, they, don't, they, don't, they refuse to say any of the, like, right. iconic Superman They make this words. S a thing. Right, yeah, that's that's where the whole um, the A joke came from. Which, our video is that the S means like some word on Krypton or something. But so, who did Gritty first? Was it Disney or was it superheroes? Because now I'm Batman. realizing that happened to Batman. Yeah. Well, so we start Dark with Dark Frank Night. Miller, Batman. right? Like we we go back down oh, to comic book level, all the way where there's like where Frank Miller decides, no, you know what? Batman doesn't wear tights. Batman like slept in the sewers, and his first year was just punching people real hard and like. Like everything sucks, right? And, and that then, was great, right? When they first, when they right, started Frank Miller the year one, trend. it's amazing. Sure, it was mm-hmm. great. It, it, but then, it, like, it is weird because everybody thinks of Batman that way. But when it started, he was like Adam West, right? That was Batman. Yeah, right. So, right, right, right. Well, it was yes, detective comics. He was originally Batman a detective. Too. I forget that. <laughs> like he's the world's oh, greatest right. detective and also a kung fu master, which somehow mm-hmm. is another entirely separate thing, which is really awesome, but not Batman awesome. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why he's my least favorite. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I do. So I, I will say that in that case, I think turning Batman into what people currently perceive him as actually was an improvement. I feel like they consolidated yeah. who Batman was right. pretty so, well. But Superman doesn't actually work the same way. Superman mm-hmm. is the Golden Age superhero. Right. And yeah. when I go to see a Superman movie, and the movie is obviously ashamed that it's making a Superman movie, it's like personally well, insulting. Because yeah. I know what I'm going in there for. I want to go see a Superman movie. And the fact that you're treating it like it's, like it's bad, <laughs> it's like, like why, why are, what are you doing? Why are you making this movie for me if you don't want to be making it in the first place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like to make Superman like that actually sort of betrays the realism of the universe there because people in real life kind of have the Batman type of perspective like they're really cynical and everything's gritty and there are people who are really optimistic like Superman so I feel like having right, those two people coexist to... actually makes a realistic portrait of the world and the people who inhabit it whereas if you actually take the optimistic like very beautiful worldview and make it really gritty then it is actually a disservice to the whole That's a good point. Image. Let's see. Yeah. What all it is, is it's really it's getting lost. It's like, so we, we go back to Watchmen, right? Yeah. Watchmen, it's, oh, grittiness right. comes from deconstruction. 
Mm. We say, let's look at this thing that's been around and we've been doing this the same way over and over again. Let's take it apart into its component pieces. Let's see what we can do with those pieces and still have some semblance of what's going on. Does it still look cool? Is it weird? This is like Picasso, right? Picasso was like, no, we're not going to paint people like people. We're going to take the people apart, put them back together funny and see if that still works. Picasso is garbage. <laughs> sure. But- Picasso is inherently dehumanizing and treated women really badly. Oh, hey. Yeah. And there's that. So we don't have to get on a tangent about Picasso, but Watchmen is really <laughs> interesting. I, historical and figures are my purview. I, yeah, but so uh, the whole idea behind Watchmen is like, what if these guys were real and they just went around punching people and then sometimes they die and sometimes people kill them and they don't really have anything except weird masks or something? It's it's still like, so from there, it, deconstruction takes the well we've done the fantastic. Let's see what it looks like real, and then from real you get gritty and like so. So I don't think it's like, I think what you're going for with Man of Steel style stuff isn't actually being ashamed of it being like I mean, it definitely comes across as being ashamed mm-hmm. what it is is it's trying to be like with it it's trying to be contemporary about it in a way that's sort of like it's deconstructed too far and now we're not sure why we're doing it anymore yeah right mm. yeah so anyway spider-man because i haven't seen man of steel yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know so all that, we'll to get say, back to that the reason we like um the amazing spider-man 2 and suicide squad to or just the blanket reason is because they are so comic booky Right. Both of to, them all the to, way like, through. Put it in a, in a sentence, they play it straight. Yes. Yeah. Which I think a lot of people disliked, actually, right. or at least thought they did. It, it's also a recurring theme here is that we don't really believe people understand why they like or dislike movies a lot of the times. Oh, my goodness. Um, right. Because, well, well you, have, you had a description of Spider-Man that you... Right. So my description of Spider-Man is, it's, I understand why so many people haven't, and it's worth, real quick, just one second, like, hedging. There are a lot of people who are very vocal about how it isn't as bad as everybody says it is. Which yeah. is a fair point to acknowledge. I have not met those people. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of them, but see, we're actually not even on their side. We're actually on the side of it's a great movie. It's right. not like <laughs> it's not just okay. It's not like yeah, it's mm-hmm. great. And in context, yeah. when me and Ian left the theater, we went to so superhero chicken fest comes from we go see superhero movies and then walk next door to eat chicken at Buffalo Wild Wings back in Austin. That's right, it was just right there. It's we we just we we didn't stop walking until we were s- seated at Buffalo Wild Wings and then suddenly we were eating chicken talking about superheroes. And we, I I went and saw it with somebody else and then ha- like made Ian go. See See it with me because I was like, I have to see if somebody. Yeah, that was else a real strong movie. fight you had to put up. And then when we left, I was like, so what do you think? And then we like we both just loved it so much. And the I word was, like, was gushing. We started yes, we start, and I was like, why? What makes it so good? And we sat at Buffalo Wild Wings for like three and we hours deconstructing why it worked. <laughs> right. And it's actually the start of my understanding of how to structure stories better that has actually led into right. all of my personal writing style so far. Right. Because this was this was I was well, we'll get there in a second. But so my general like line on the Amazing Spider-Man two is it does many things that other superhero movies have done poorly to mm-hmm. their detriment to the point where they have failed critically and popularly, but it does it well in a, in a way that makes sense and that it isn't unnecessary and that contributes to its overall value. And it, so it seems familiar in a bad way, but it does it right. I remember you like having to push me into watching this movie. Yeah. So I like I went into the movie going, okay, I'm gonna hate it, but I'm not gonna talk about how much I hate it because Kyle is like, oh, I need to show you this movie. Everyone says it's bad, but I love it, and I'm right. And I was like, okay, well, so I'm gonna watch this, and I'm gonna dislike it severely, and then we're gonna argue about it because I enjoy that kind of stuff. Right. That's what but this then, entire podcast is, by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's the place to voice all of our, aha, uh-huh, you think X, but all this time I have thought Y. 
Well, halfway through the movie, I was like, it's still not bad. Like, there were there are things where you're like, okay, that was kind of cheesy, or that line made oh, yeah. me cringe a little bit. No, there are definitely parts about it that I will right. agree with other people. On. Yeah, and I would like I would like look at you and like try and gauge your reaction, but I was he just like like engrossed. Right. And then by the end of it, I was like, wait, that was good. Like, I have no. Yeah, How am I going to sit here and be like, that was awful? The other like overriding point between this and Suicide Squad, they both have mm. flaws, although I will point, uh, Suicide Squad has many, many more flaws than Spider-Man, mm-hmm. I think. I actually like Suicide Squad a lot more. That's totally really fine, because of my next, uh, the, the, the second half of the sentence, which is, those flaws in no way contribute to me disliking this movie. Right. That's exactly yeah. what you said. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, like there's, my, my, again, archetypical point of this is there's a point where Harry Osborn just says, like, I need Spider-Man's blood. <laughs> and it's terrible, and I love it. I, I, <laughs> like, I, actually, I like that part. When I think about it, when I try and quote it, it's really cheesy. But when I actually, like, was watching it in the moment, and this might be because I'm, like, I don't know, not naive or something, but I, I really liked it. I was like, I get it. I know why you need Spider-Man's blood, man. Why won't Spider-Man just give him his spider blood? I was, like, I'm on you. I'm with like, you on that right. one. I was like, I'm like, dude, I get it. So that's, that's kind of what's different for me. So Spider-Man, when I first saw it, it was I, I thought it was amazing because of how... What, how how good the pacing was. The pacing is super it. amazing. I remember that being in the good. theater the first time and thinking certain things were going to happen, and then they didn't. Right. And it's been, it had been so long since I had been to a movie that did that, that mm-hmm. didn't just follow the usual yeah, path. Like, they actually they rem- didn't just do the usual, like, the the hero journey thing, basically. Right. Well, like, it was a sequel to start off with, so right, that's where they got It kind of helps, but... But, it's but also, I think it, like, it would have been fine as the first one in the series, almost. Just about, yeah. Like, like, like yeah. some some plotting, but like in terms of themes and stuff, like sort of like how Spider-Man: Homecoming is doing without the Uncle Ben story, right? Yeah. Like, but it's still like all the themes that make Spider-Man Spider-Man are there, right? Mm-hmm. But like I remember, I was there. Like I remember your your actual revelation click moment because I was oh, yeah. watching it and I, I kept expecting to get bored, which because I like I have this is the problem with like the three act the basic thing is I'll eventually kind of like my mind will wander off and. Because um, you'll know it, what's coming. You're not having to. You're not being surprised right. by well, anything. Well, it's just kind of like it. Like this movie is two hours, and it feels like two hours. But then it, I didn't. It's like, huh? That was two and a half hours long, and I thought it was ninety minutes, and I kept expecting it. Like every once in a while, I was like I guess they're gonna end here, and that's kind of. Oh no, they're keep going. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so I said, fun. like, it just didn't follow three act structure, and like I saw the light just go, huh, in your head. <laughs> yeah. And I created a monster. What? Yeah. Yes, you did. <laughs> what I really liked about it was that. It was thematically consistent and well written, right? Um, and it played like every single character almost who Spider Man interacted with played with a theme somehow. Even yeah. like Aunt May, like every single conversation mm-hmm. basically like added to the themes of like need and belonging or like the preciousness of life. Um, and even the villain conversations did, which I guess they are supposed to. But like that so isn't true with a lot of movies that come out. Yeah. See also our Guardians of the Galaxy podcast coming soon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's like I, there's been so many movies recently that I think ever since you pointed it out, I, well, I don't remember which movie it was first point mentioned on, but there are so many things that I see that feel like first draft scripts to me now mm-hmm. where it's like this could have been good if you had gone over it a few more times Spider-Man right. didn't it actually felt like a complete no, like, project actually the writing was good I, I, I don't know how much of that was just the actors being good or like but I mean there was like I noticed one slightly clunky line which is different than say like other like movies like other DC movies where I'm like that's a good line <laughs> so, yeah. what's really interesting about this is, as a non-movie buff or writer or in any way like cared or focused on these types of things, you guys are some of the first that like where you where you can learn about pacing and writing and like 
character development, that kind of stuff. And you don't hate every movie that you watch because, like, I watch I watched, right, I watched right. a lot of like YouTube channels that would talk about movies and go in depth as to why they suck. I don't understand that yeah. mentality. That's actually no, because, why we're thinking this way. Exactly, because it's like, well, so. At one point, I tried to do that, realized I could figure out the end to every movie that ever happened as I was watching it, and then I was like, wait, I don't enjoy movies anymore. Yeah. And right. threw it all out the window. <laughs> I just stopped analyzing, stopped caring. Don't try and figure out plot twists, and that makes me much happier. Yeah, yeah. but, but like, now now I can like I can appreciate things like pacing, mm-hmm. but also not care if it's like off a little bit, right. or if lines well, are weird, or if they're cringy moments, because at the end, there are things to talk about. Yeah. But not like, that not seems like, like a good segue a into out. Suicide Squad. <laughs> if, you, if you would like to, you were the first one of us to watch that one, if you want to get your first that's true on that one. i actually you had the in theater moment like we had with spider-man yeah so i actually saw suicide squad with a bunch of catalyst people and everyone left like quietly because i think people were like trying to gauge who was gonna say what like who's gonna be the first uh-huh. person to like it or dislike it mm-hmm. like and, i was coming out of wonder woman yeah yes well and what was interesting was um someone threw out that they hated the joker and i was like sure what what and they were like he was too much of the like three edgy five me type and I was like that's no 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 he right. freaked me out the whole time but I really like Suicide Squad because I think there's there's noticeable things to dislike about it but all in all like there's so much that I really really like that I know a lot of other superhero movies can't do especially with that many that many heroes yeah hero not heroes like well this was my initial takeaway from it too because I, I watched it a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and when it ended I had to sit there and think about it. Like, I, I didn't know how I thought. I didn't yeah. know if it was good or bad. I literally couldn't figure it out. And at some point, I decided, before I actually ended up forming a more complicated opinion, I just decided the fact that I'm having to think about this already makes me like it. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many movies that... Like, I would take a, a summer full of Suicide Squad, like, like attempted not-perfect movies that... Like they, over, that over hard, just yeah. the usual rehashed mm-hmm. sort of well, like cyclical stuff. This is like any day. Mm-hmm. like I, I felt, after watching Suicide Squad, I, I like I thought about it for a while, and I, so I think I like Suicide Squad better than Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which is weird because <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy is a better movie in a lot of ways, mm. like a ton, like, I, I'll, we'll get to it, I'm sure, in our next, but, like, the flaws that I found in Guardians of the Galaxy, I also found in Suicide Squad, in not, like, first or second, Guardians of the Galaxy, which one are you talking about? Both, it's just worse than the second one, <laughs> gotcha. uh, now people can believe me, that's, but, um, so, like, I don't, because Suicide, or Guardians of the Galaxy kept trying to do this very careful thing, and then just sort of, like, I don't know, giving a 50% at the end, where everything Suicide Squad did, they went full gusto with poorly, right. but like they went for it. Guardians of the Galaxy was like just felt it's super polished, but a little bit lazy. Right. That's it's going back to what you were saying at the beginning. It's like Suicide Squad wasn't perfect, but it did everything it did with mm-hmm. like such confidence that I loved it so much more than any kind of half-hearted attempt at you know making a yeah. So well, so here's the thing. You guys are saying Suicide Squad did all these things wrong, but I actually don't know what they are. Right, kind of, right, so, kind of like yeah. your stance on Spider-Man, when people are like, "Well, this did wh- whatever other people say they did wrong." I'm sure I have a retort as to why they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually well, I purposefully didn't go and look up. Like I know that this premise of this podcast was to talk about the things they did right and controversial. What people say they did wrong, but I never went and looked up what they did wrong. 
Like, yeah, well, so Suicide, Suicide Squad gets a lot of flack for that's the interesting thing about kind of like I for the most part on the Amazing Spider-Man I directly disagree with people on right. Suicide Squad I agree with people but I don't think it matters I for the most part. Sure, <laughs> yeah. it's not on everything. I, I actually agree that I didn't get that sense from the Joker at all in yeah. that I didn't well, get see, like I, the too edgy sense from the Joker. I, Wait, I haven't actually heard your guys' opinion yeah. on it yet though. I will. I will say I did get a little bit of the like he's really edgy and scary, and I this was partially influenced by the fact that I had seen a meme of like bad Halloween costumes of him with like oh, the sure. whatever it says right. on his forehead, like <laughs> like damage with like some weird Hashtag. guys in a green wig, and I thought they were hilarious, and I saw that first, and I was like, <laughs> but like, um, <laughs> and, and then when I actually saw his portrayal, I was like, you know, he's not totally like that. He's like he's got his own thing, and he is a little he does a little bit ride that edge for me of like like tiny 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 bit of cringe, but I don't care because I actually feel like the character of the Joker like in his I don't want to in his actual form is a little bit cringy for right, me well just because he's, he's become a cliche like, like because actually, anytime anyone in the culture wants to be edgy like almost for Halloween they dress up as like Harley Quinn or Joker that's true. Yeah. Like, it's like so, it's so almost like the, the it's like the archetype of like some kind of edgy cringe so it was like you can't even avoid that to some extent like the Joker mm-hmm. is a perfect cartoon character right mm-hmm. um when you make, to translate him into real life, you have to do one of two things. You either have to give him a purpose, which in my opinion, ruins the Joker. Yeah, I agree. Or you make him cringy, edgy guy who just happens to be really good at it. Like, yeah. to be the kind of person who the Joker was in Suicide Squad, they would have to be the kind of cringy person who you'd like, if they don't have the power behind them, they're like, oh, you'll play. Like, that was weird, dude. <laughs> but then when he's the Joker, it's terrifying, not because it's a different person, but because right. he has, like, so I think that's the kind of person that would have to have, like, the damage tattoo that everybody hated, I thought that was great. Like, <laughs> it's like, this guy isn't right, and this guy d- makes bad decisions. This guy is not clever, or, like, he's not all together, he's just successful. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't mean that he doesn't have flaws, like, having poor taste in cringy tattoos. <laughs> he actually felt crazy to me. We, we yeah, yeah. Yeah. had this, like, like Heath Ledger Joker had, was, I love that Joker, but he I love definitely him. had something that he was doing, right? right. He had yeah. a plan. He's like, it's a perfect philosophical Joker, but it's not really the Joker, it's Heath Ledger Joker. It's right. like an, almost a completely different great. character. Yeah. In itself, right? Sure. Like, yeah. And it was actually, I, mean, I that, love those movies, Joker and he was like something else. a good piece perfect. of those movies. See, you know what? The thing about that Joker was in a, in a situation where it was like me and that person locked in a room, I still think there's an, there's an ability to like walk out of it right through conversation or making sense or pandering like whatever right. like that joker almost made it seem like there was a logic behind yeah. like like him like yeah, there was a way yeah. to like relate if you're not to directly in his path he's not going to do anything to you for right the most part. well right. he did blow up the hospital but that was like that was like the thing kind of that everybody but yeah but this like, joker yeah. it was like no, no gauge, no mm-hmm. idea whether or not you're making out of that room alive with him. No, right. Just like, like he, seemed, his his actions didn't make sense in his own right, yeah. sense, like in his own sphere. Yeah, like this Joker seemed like more slot machine than man. Like, yes. I, like he was like, he was like, <laughs> I'm gonna convince Harley Quinn to jump into a vat of chemicals to see if she will. Crap, she did. Oh my god, okay. I, I love that, that scene. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. But before, but before we do the whole like, you know, like. Sorry. Before we did the whole thing where all of the girls are like, Harley Quinn and the Joker, I had never known about their relationship oh, actually really? before oh, really? Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, vague things, but I had never seen any That's... other rendition of Harley Quinn until this movie. Mm-hmm. And I really, really liked that scene, and it made me almost kind of ship the Joker and Harley, but not really. It's not well, really like a love romance ship. It's more like a yes, crazy people. This is one of the editing things. This one I don't fault them for. It's just a time issue. If it was a longer movie or in a sequel or if it was more about them, I could see this scene happening like if I take on faith that at some point presumably when she got shocked in the head like Harley just went so crazy that everything makes sense to her when she's doing these weird things 
these, this is fine. I didn't really, like, the character development wasn't, it was not a character development, it was a character switch, and that's mm. fine. Like, we see Harley Quinzel basically already a little bit crazy, and mm-hmm. then she gets shock therapied, like, Harley, whatever. And then, and then she's, like, super crazy, doesn't make any sense, fine. Well, it's like, actually two things. At first, she falls in love with the Joker before any kind of shock yeah. therapy, which is, right. like, her own special kind of crazy. And, and his, then... that's, the, that's what he's good at. Right, and then she does the shock therapy thing where she becomes like crazier, like right. like crazy mm-hmm. enough to jump in a vat. Like broken. But it's all. But actually, what's interesting is her craziness is in, is entirely reliant on her love with the Joker. Even in like comic books and stuff, which I mm. then like read up on after this movie inspired mm-hmm. me to do so. And I still don't ship it because I respect women in healthy relationships <laughs> too yeah. much. But it was really interesting just because she was already she was already crazy enough to go there, right? Like that was kind of the whole thing. Right. And it it wasn't. It almost like there wasn't even a switch or like a gradual like thing. She was just she was just kind of always. She was yeah. She started no, crazy. She we, crazy. We didn't get to well, see like tra- grad student Harleen. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. So what is I want to help people. A fact about the movie: supposedly, there's actually almost an entire other movie's worth of footage from just the Joker and Harley Quinn that they cut out of this movie. Right. And people are really upset about that, including there's, there was a whole lawsuit from Jared Leto to. The, I think the director or producer of Suicide Squad because right. they didn't have him in it enough but after uh, all of Part of this is also, of course, part of the most successful thing is Jerry Leto is also crazy. Right. <laughs> which yes. helped totally a lot. No, I think that... I, yeah. Yes. He's, he's unbalanced. I, to me, this Joker felt like what a real-life Joker would look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this yeah. is how it would have to work. If I that's ran into this actual person in real life, that's who I would expect it's him to be. Kind of like how Heath Ledger is the philosophical piece that has to make the Nolan Batman work. Yeah. This crazy one makes the rest of the comic book Suicide Squad work. Yeah. I thought I think so. that's right. Um, oh, yeah, I forget. Most of the things I was going to say were sort well, of... Well, you said you I were confused th- about the movie. Oh. Um, I wanted to hear... Oh, you mean, like, the plot line? Yeah. Right. Well, you, oh. So, they so, snyder the plot. So, like, okay. Um, here, are my, here are my basic thoughts on, like, the movie overall. Okay. So, like, I loved the character interactions. I thought... I liked how they developed everyone. I liked the little intros. Um, yeah. With the exception of What's-His-Face, um, who didn't get one. Um, That's how he's credited. Up, you know? Um, <laughs> shh. Okay, yeah, I guess. No, and, but, uh, and I wanted to see more of that. Like, I was always hungry for more, even though they were corny. Mm. I didn't care. Yeah, it was really um, interesting. I didn't care about the corny, but like the whole middle of the movie, I was like, huh? Like I knew what was happening, <laughs> right. but I, at the same time, like I was always questioning my knowledge of what right. was happening. Well, that's just like, bad editing. Like when I went I back over it in my head, it all, there was nothing that didn't make sense, but I didn't right. know why it was making sense. You said that same thing. Yes. Like, that's it was what because, it was. right. I, we finished the movie and I was like, I kept saying like, I don't actually know what happened here, but then I would think for a second, I was like, wait, no, I do. Why right. do I know what happened? That wasn't obvious. So, yeah, no, like, that's there, basically there, how I thought about it. There are four and a half parts to Suicide Squad. Basically, it's very simple. Like, there's the character intros, mm-hmm. followed up by the Amanda Waller convinces everybody the characters are useful. That's like one and a half, mm-hmm. right? And then that tr- transforms into the raid the plaza to rescue Waller sequence. Mm-hmm. And then there's the bar sequence, which is its own thing. Yeah. Right. And then there's the finale. Right. And so the the intro, great. The yeah. Waller thing, great. I actually think it would have been better if they combined those two into one thing and just kind of not repeated themselves a little bit, but I think both mm-hmm. of those were paced fine. Mm-hmm. The second thing, on its own, is fine, but it doesn't have any lead up. It just happens. Yeah. It was, what I, happens in one doesn't mean anything for two. I didn't realize they were like gearing up to go. Kind of, I mean, I knew that they were like going into the prison and getting them all out, but I didn't realize like the main plot was kind of unfolding right. until it actually like just kind of like weirdly well, happened all because of a sudden. Because the actual yeah. trigger of the plot is June Moon sitting there and she goes, Enchantress, just kind of like randomly, like you would just kind of like press a button and then they go steal her brother and everything goes She doesn't bad. say Enchantress, she goes, Enchantress. 
<laughs> and she's all tortured and sad. Oh my god, this made me love Cara Delevingne. Or how right. she, like she looks character. exactly like Harry Osborn from The Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my god, I thought that too. Are they so going to be the space twins? Are yes, they the space they are, twins? Yeah, they're, the space well, they're not twins. They're lovers. Twin. It's yeah, creepy. I, say, I don't, but like, I don't care. Now, I think they fall Jamie and Cersei, baby. Can you? No. No, Rachel. Can you just imagine? <laughs> Perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, Are you guys talking about the part where she's in the train station? Right, because that doesn't get explained until later. Oh, yeah, what the heck but was and, that? Like, at the end, in the middle, right at, in the bar scene, a bad plan. we find out that, that the whole second act was precipitated by something earlier, but I didn't know it needed to have been precipitated. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I didn't realize I was missing that piece of the puzzle because I didn't. Like, it's like, it's like here's your puzzle. Also, extra little add-on that we're shoving into the side of the puzzle. I guess mm-hmm. that makes it a better picture, but why? Oh, yeah. Okay. And if they just put that first, the whole second act would have flowed better. Mm-hmm. I just, I felt like, and this goes with the Jared Leto stuff that y'all were saying earlier about a lot being cut out, but it felt like it should have been like a six-hour movie. I would have loved it, An extended actually. edition like that I hear isn't better, but I would be interested to watch it. I, it's mm-hmm. on, I haven't it's, heard of it. What? I, I didn't know that. It's before. right on... HBO right next to it, so I'm gonna mm. go back and look at it. That's a good um, idea. But uh, so, um, one thing connecting this back to Spider Man, mm-hmm. because we're right, talking yeah. about the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I think is interesting, like so, we, the Joker, like Jared Leto, especially works because he he you you always say this in, in a bad way actually about like the Oscars, like if you just replace best with most. Oh yeah, like Jared Leto acted most uh, yes. if anybody in the movie and that <laughs> was agree. great because that was his character he would have done that that's like that's a perfect Joker thing um, and uh, which is also incidentally my favorite part of Jupiter Ascending where Eddie Redmayne just right. like realizes what kind of movie he's in and goes for it <laughs> it's fantastic separate discussion we'll get there but um, this one the, the corresponding character in Spider-Man is Electro like yeah, Jamie yeah, Foxx right. goes all he does, in. and I, I love that it. version I of Electra so much. He's like, it's the... easier to palette Joker when you compare it to Jamie Foxx. I feel like <laughs> because when you, you can see they're doing the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. his his entire I like everything they did with his character felt so unique to me, mm-hmm. especially the lead up. I feel like if he had mm-hmm. just shown up as the blue guy, I yeah. would not have given a crap about him. Right. The fact no. they led up with this weird like. This weird character that never becomes a villain in anything. I've never seen yeah. that character used before. Yeah. And well, you've you... clearly never seen any high school movies where the nerd tries to get revenge. <laughs> the oh my god. Did they also fall into vats of electric heels? Every and... time, Kyle. <laughs> Every time. Mm-hmm. The the way the the way they did the music and the sound design I for all of that the weird electro suite thing and the way that they did his music and mm-hmm. the dubstep mixed with the electro. Well, first off, it came out at the perfect noises. time when dubstep existed. Yeah. For like oh, yeah. those seven months. But um, so, whop, whop, whop. I feel like for for specifically bad guys, the only way to appreciate it is actually doing a thing that I think a lot of people don't want to do, which comes from the same mindset of enjoying horror movies, which is like you have to let yourself like things or be afraid or make them more like personable. So like Electro, I don't think he he's not scary if you're watching the movie right. and going he's not scary. Right. If you but don't want to be convinced, you won't. But if you kind of let it happen, if you like let the whispering mm-hmm. and the music and the mm-hmm. sort of like yeah, weird personality become like an embodiment of someone right. who would be real, it's actually really kind of freaky and there, he, he's a little mm-hmm. unnerving. Like, There's a yeah. perfect test for this at the end where go did you think the web hand was cheesy. Right. You, because <laughs> I, I, I asked this at one point. When he's he's trying to save Gwen and he shoots she out this, shoots like one strand of it. So during her final fall he shoots a web and the web, you know, like does it like it's just a slow motion animation. It kinda of spirals out and it looks like a hand like reaching out for her teeny, slightly. Teeny baby oh. hand. And, and if you so, if you like if you go that's so 
stupid, oh, then you're no. not into it. But if you like, I was like, I yes, reach. <laughs> also, I, knowing it was happening this time, I just looked. That's a gorgeous shot. Oh my god! Like, without I the did hands, not shut up about that shot. It's amazing. Uh, anyway. I, it's beside the point because of the hand, which is kind of sad, but... I feel like this brings up an best. interesting point um, that uh, I think a good comparison is actually The Dark Knight. There was this thing that happened on the internet a couple years after Dark Knight came out where people started saying that The Dark Knight actually wasn't a good movie. People, There was this, this weird trend on Reddit where people were going back, Hey guys, wait, I've been rewatching The Dark Knight and it doesn't make any sense. Look at all these right. things and why it's bad. And but the, the point, the main like retort that I always had for that was... The fact that it took you two years to notice those things means you're wrong. Yeah. Right. In the moment of watching the movie, it was great, and that's what matters. This is also our primary argument in favor of um, Force Awakens. Yes. But, mm -hmm. um, um, but, but I, I kind of felt that way, because the, the, hand, the hand was definitely a cheesy element, well, but mm -hmm. it, it was not out it's of not. place. Well, it's like, because I said, yeah. it distracts from the shot. If with, without the hand, little that bit, shot yeah. is amazing. With the hand, I didn't notice the shot the second time through, but I'm okay with it, because the hand was worth it to me. You know what? I, I think, think. Oh, go oh, ahead. Go. I'm sorry. It really re-emphasized the themes for me. I mean, for me, this movie right. was excellent because of the themes, especially in contrast after I'd seen Wonder Woman, which I feel like was great in terms of like feminist themes, but not in terms of some other ones. But we're not. I guess we're not talking about that right now. But um, yeah, it just it was really. Yeah. The well, I think that, yeah. It, that. Going That's, back, it's like it didn't feel watered down. It was like they embraced what they were trying to do. Like like they. they yeah. Well, they embraced like, the other thing about oh. Spider-Man is they did it well. Like no. Suicide Squad didn't always the writing was not good. It was it was it tried real hard mm -hmm. and it did a lot of things really well. But it wasn't was it wasn't it wasn't that it was bad. It wasn't it was it was un it was rough. It yeah. was unpracticed. It was it needed another go through. Unlike Guardians of the Galaxy, where I think they just made mistakes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think the interesting thing about the hand is cheesy isn't bad. Cheesy right. is actually how you get like Dates. It's how you keep people interested <laughs> in you. Yeah. It's how you make jokes right. and are personable and like cheesy is sentimental from the outside. Yeah, and well, right. and so I think what's really is what what was interesting about like the the hand thing is, I love when things go that extra push when they just mm -hmm. you can tell they quit caring yeah. about what you specifically think right. about it and they got they got into it like they got involved mm -hmm. from the, from the perspective of Spider Man and that is one of well first of all. It might be like my top five favorite movie death scenes ever. Yes, it was that, that so death was amazing. Great. It's also, so yeah. like in the theater when that happened was the like no the like, deadest silence I've there. ever seen. No, God, like, just, uh, yeah. But so like one of the things that the people dislike about Amazing Spider-Man Two, and I think this is a fair point that I just don't care about, is they 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 bought into the promotion. Like they brought into the trailers and stuff, and they were expecting things that it didn't deliver on, and that's a that's that's mm -hmm. marketing different division. I think it's it's a different argument entirely, and also uh. they're wrong, but. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing is, I, I didn't, I did, was paying attention just a little bit, and they kept teasing that they weren't going to kill Gwen. I remember well, people was, I about knew that. they were going. To, I knew they were going because to, because that's that's her job. They did in, just like, enough to set me on edge. Like they said something like, "We like her around, and we're not that married to the source material that we can't find a way to maybe keep around a little <laughs> bit longer." Oh, I, I was. Lord. I knew she was going to die because that's, that's no literally idea. her job yeah. description. I really in wish the I didn't know. Ian actually spoiled it for me. See, well, I had no idea. Yeah. See, I knew and it still didn't ruin it because yeah. I, even during the scene, I was like, no, like, no way. They won't. There was they just can't. this part of me that was like, maybe it won't happen. For <laughs> I know. Which right? happens every time Uncle Ben dies in any of those movies, too. Like, <laughs> oh, no, one time, maybe not. No, just, Uncle Ben, I'm just like, get it over with. Let's go. <laughs> but it's actually, there's a there's a great parallel here, but Kyle isn't far enough in Game of Thrones to go for it. So, so sorry, guys. Who are you? Paralleling it with. Oh, I don't. If yep. if somebody dies, never mind. Um, well, mm. so what was interesting in just watching like the last ten minutes, like we just watched to finish the movie. Uh -huh. um, Spider-Man loses everybody. Yeah, I, yeah. I had not oh. made he the still has Aunt May. 
Yeah, okay. That's but... actually his, and I, which I think is great. I feel like they captured... Mm-hmm. I, a lot of people have told me, the one that baffled me the most, people said it wasn't a good movie, I can almost kind of like at least agree to disagree with them. Mm-hmm. When people said it wasn't a good Spider-Man movie, no, I it's never the best. Yeah. Well, it's because like, that's the that's deal. That's what it's happens. He, he loses doesn't... everybody all the time. Yeah. Right. He doesn't mm-hmm. need anybody. New York needs him. Yeah. It's almost like the proper way to do a Superman story. Almost. Yeah. If Superman weren't a gun but were a high school kid, it would play yeah. out like Spider-Man. I thought he was a really good Spider-Man. Is he Spider-Man. also Smallville? He is a great Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield's And I don't wonderful. like Andrew Garfield, and I didn't want to like Andrew like Garfield. Him. Well, I don't think he's like... Well, I, okay, I don't think he's attractive. And so... Oh. And he also he also very much reminds me remind physically me and... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kyle told me he gets that a lot. But no, I, I actually have a friend that's that... That's the better of my, my celebrity comparison. <laughs> that's, like, that's my upper crust. By the way, I have recently <laughs> been called an off-brand Tobey Maguire, which is unusually relevant to this exact conversation. Huh. So I got that going for me. <laughs> Sorry, that didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's okay. I have a so friend nice that actually looks like exactly Amazon? like... Um, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, but like, I think more attractive. Mm-hmm. And... He will never hear this podcast, but I'm sure he'd kill me if I said that. Um, but he, like, but this Spider-Man, I ended up actually liking going into it thinking I wasn't going to like him just mm. because I thought he did the teenage Spider-Man-y, like, he, he was Spider-Man. He did mm-hmm. Spider-Man exactly how I would yes. picture Spider-Man mm-hmm. to be. I, it's the Spider-Man is, for sure. So he gets a lot of flack. People say he wasn't a good Peter Parker. And I'm not entirely sure I agree with that either. No, the, he's a great Peter Parker. He's not a normal Peter Parker. He's too attractive to be Peter Parker. I've heard people mm-hmm. say that all the time. I'm like, okay, right? aside from that one thing, what do you have I wish on Peter him? Parker was normal looking, and he's I not normal looking. I thought he was supposed to be normal looking, but muscular after I the spider Peter man. Parker, Basically. I, my interpretation of Peter Parker was that he like comes out of his shell as Spider-Man. And as, yeah. as Peter Parker, well, he was really just kind of like a cool kid with a skateboard mm-hmm. and a there's, there's, a, there's a differentiation worth really... making just not getting into Spider-Verse high, like, in any real degree, but there's a differentiation worth making between Ultimate Spider-Man and Normal Spider-Man. That's true. Because Ultimate Spider-Man takes place during high school. Mm-hmm. Normal Spider-Man starts at the end of high school, which right. is where you get weird 25-year-old Tobey Maguire, Peter Parker, like, or like the, like the cartoon <laughs> where yeah. he's just like, I'm a linebacker, but oh, right. also a wimpy, quippy superhero. That's because in the cartoon, every single male had the exact same original well, base drawing for their body with a different face. <laughs> true, but, like, but so like this is J. Jonah Jameson was as jacked as everybody else in right. the entire Spider-Man. It's character. actually kind of a funny because the original comic was the Amazing Spider-Man. Right. That was the the title of it. But this but the Amazing Spider-Man movie really draws on. A lot of Ultimate. I, I thought Andrew Garfield played the perfect modern nerd, and I think people that got mm-hmm. that didn't like him were expecting like the '70s Peter Parker, which doesn't actually make sense in the context of the movie. So right, it, like like Harry Potter taped glasses, Peter Parker. Right, that's not like, what nerdy people look no, like anymore. He had a community poster in his they're room. Not, mm-hmm. They're like they're weird, mumbly hipster people, and he played mm-hmm. that perfectly. He means you are inordinately interested in something that other people aren't as much. Mm-hmm. Right, and he did that great because he's inordinately interested in flipping over rails. What I actually <laughs> thought that he what I actually thought he nailed was the was these are people I've met in real life was like college music nerd cool college yeah, music nerd yeah, he like, like not, he wasn't he's very like a, JP yeah he's yes. an interesting yes. he's, <laughs> he was a good conversationalist he was charismatic but um, unassuming and generally mumbly and just like did JP not did song. not maintain good eye contact with other people right um, and kind of like, he did a lot of like slouching and like weird body things like he does all the things I do normally but he did them well and <laughs> it worked for him yeah he's yeah. real lanky and kind of see that's exactly how I don't picture Peter Parker though right I, I, mean, I, think, I thought it was I think a valid it's a new interesting take on it I don't think he's a normal Peter Parker 
Like Tobey Maguire, actually, I think is a perfect Peter Parker in the sense of from the comics. Yes, right. He's, he's but perfect original comic book Peter Parker. I love this take on Peter Parker because mm -hmm. it also it, it, because it doesn't have the issue of how do you Spider Man and Peter because yeah. he's just a little bit weird enough that he Spider like when he's in Spider Man form he's like the weird. That's not the weird part anymore. So that's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> but he's still kind of like there was great like when he was. Uh, like his back and forth with Aunt May was just as quippy as Spider Man. Right. Like, like, why is your face so dirty? Your um, wait, like, wait. I was a, I was cleaning the chimney. We have no chimney. <laughs> right. What? <laughs> I love that. It's gonna. Mm -hmm. The microphones are gonna pick it up. Are you sure? Yes. Can I try it? It's gonna pick it up. They are the shotgun mics. So they pick up everything. They, they pick up everything in this apartment. It's gonna. What? Any anything we turn on, it's hot in here. So we're debating turning fans on, but it's, it's going so to. Hot. I know. If we, it, if we can make it through the end, I'm the, <laughs> I'm, it's, it's gonna add background noise. Open the TARDIS. <laughs> Although once I actually managed to completely remove fan noise from an audio recording by googling like for 45 minutes and just doing something Adobe and just press buttons and then it worked. I mean, there are ways to reduce it. It's just better. Just like if it's not there pattern matched it and removed it, it was crazy. Um, um, so. I, I, Kind of on a related topic, we should we should talk about the um, I think the the dialogue and the performances in both movies because I think they right. were that's important both unique because I, I I actually really loved all the performances in Spider Man e even the cheesy yeah. ones like yeah. like I thought nobody was I, bad I actually thought so the guy who the Green Goblin Harry Osborn right it was a very weird. Performance. I right. I don't. So I almost. I would, don't think I don't he's even, a good actor. I don't think he is either. But every he, time I've seen him talk, or even like theater promos, he comes across as like, I'm like four hours into sleeping, and somebody woke me up to do this. I actually loved it. I didn't think I, it was. Bad. I loved I it too. The portrayal is the thing. It, yeah. To me, it's always been sort of like the like people point to um, like Mark Hamill did not do a great performance, like a like a stellar performance playing Luke Skywalker. No, but he but did he's also Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker. Skywalker right, exactly. Right. It's like Luke Skywalker wouldn't be good at acting Luke Skywalker either. Yeah. <laughs> There's um, a... Like, that's who the character is. Even, right. if, even if the performance wasn't great, it was like, that performance now mm -hmm. is the character. That's, and, that's yeah. like, well, Have like, you met weird rich people? They don't sound genuine. Like right. they sound, they sound like they don't care about well, like, shit, and they're like strange. Yeah. Like this is this is perfect because like, what does he have? He has nothing. He's like, my dad died and said he hated me. Also, he touched me weird, like with creepy fingers, and that's strange. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't like that summary at all. I tried to change it halfway through, but that's what happened. Um, and then and then he's like, well, so my my friend's here, but he won't give me Spider Man's blood, and Spider Man won't give me his blood. So I'm like, what does he have to put emotion to his voice? Yeah. Like I own a company. Well, now I have a job. That sucks. Like to me, I, really I was never distracted. By by his no. performance well, and once. it felt like I, the character well I actually thought he got I thought he got, did super well especially at the part where he's like everybody wants my money or whatever like I thought that he, oh, right, when yeah. he actually he his actually angry acting was good. sounded like a normal person when he it's said that eyebrows. which I thought was the perfect yeah. break right. of his There's like so rich, of rich guy persona yeah I agree it, was, it, was kind of like, it, it felt like they was, that was actually just the actor talking at that point like they'd been like They'd been trying to get acting from him, and they just got him like pissed off enough that he just mm. broke on set. Yeah, that's what it felt like. But he was actually just acting. So, and then when he mm. switches to Green Goblin, I that I was totally sold on that. I was like, "What did you do to yourself? Like, what, right. what just yeah. happened?" Yeah, like, he was so beautiful before, and they made him so hideous. You see, well, I guess he looks like Cara Delevingne. So he's, he's beautiful. He's not attractive. This, this he's is like, like a male model. Like, I wouldn't want to like go make out with him, but he's like good to look at. He's like, got like beautiful skin and delicate features. It's and, like, like when you I say a handsome woman, like Queen Victoria was a handsome woman. Yeah, it's not. 
Sam. He's what? beautiful, he's like, a, like a like yeah, he's be, a like like Bishanin, like Bishanin. He's yeah. like well, he just looks boy. exactly like Cara Delevingne. Seriously, yeah. <laughs> look this guy up, whose name we should have looked up before this podcast. Yeah, right. I don't know who this is actually. Um, and then like look <laughs> cool. up Cara Delevingne. Just look up any of the Valerian promos. Look, they, they look like siblings. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. They do look like siblings. I'm so excited for the, that movie. Uh, the, the interactions between characters specifically mm-hmm. felt so natural to uh-huh. me. It's actually true. Though, and yeah. I, I, his weird grumbling awkwardness worked perfectly well with his not forthcoming awkwardness. And I don't know if I people agree so. with me on that. I, I think other people actually completely disagree uh, on some of those points. Really? Mm-hmm. To, to me, mm-hmm. I thought it felt like really, really, like real world conversation whenever people were talking to yeah. each other. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. he flipped over the rail, just and, like I would. Andrew Garfield <laughs> and Emma Stone... Were right, like uh, nobody disagrees on that point. Actually, they were, they were actually dating there. at the time. That makes a lot yeah. of good. you can. They have. I they thought have they so started much. dating from the first one. Right? Well, they have, yeah. And but for this one, they, maybe yeah, I don't I know. Guess they been. Anyway, their chemistry is on point because, like, it she, is. like, he plays like sort of unassuming. I'm smarter than my mumbling says, and she goes, "Listen, I'm I'm seeing straight through that. I'm talking to the smart guy behind the mumbles right. with my clear, witty dialogue. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And that was actually it. They all sound. They all felt." actually witty not quippy like they weren't it wasn't like they there wasn't these dialogue these these lines that were written for them to right like just throw at each other it wasn't it, neil gaiman or or like not that i dislike this show but it wasn't gilmore girls quips right it was, it's not us yeah right yeah or us that's another good example right, like, it's like, like when you when you wrote spider-man you changed your writing style and i noticed i did a little bit yeah yeah like you you backed off a bit on the sharpness you kind of mm-hmm. like let it be more general and kind of like that's but this, I mean, in this was better than that. Well, it's, everybody seemed to the acting felt like every actor knew the character they were talking to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. point. Like they did actually feel like they knew, like they were in like, a. Emma Stone was talking to Peter Parker, and yeah. Andrew Garfield was talking to Gwen Stacy. Yeah. And and the the shots the the scenes with. Um, uh, Peter and Harry, I thought were great. Like down on the river oh, when they were talking. So. That, that's what we keep referencing. There's one part where Andrew Garfield, like Peter Parker, goes. They're talking. They're at like this little the edge of the water, and there's a railing, and he just like it's flips all the over places it. you jump off of in the video games, mm-hmm. and then you jump right, right back. The ones you can't enter the water right. from. He just kind of like during mid conversation, just sort of like climbs over this railing and flips over and just keeps talking. And you can see the other. You can see Harry's actor, whom I'm gonna look up. Right. right. Yeah. It is. He just so, like he goes like, "You okay, dude?" But like, just yeah. Little, like, like what? And like, it reminded me so much of like hanging out with like in the like two thousands like if you hang out with like a skater boy like that's yeah. kind of what they do when they just like are messing around like hanging well, like, around the board, like, like kids just climb over stuff and like they talk to you and it's just that's like, just how it is. Like, he had this facial expression that was just so obviously like the actor reacting to Andrew Garfield, Garfield doing that, like, not like, the character. <laughs> he was clearly uh-huh. not planned to do that. Mm-hmm. He just kind of did it anyway. I love that though. It was like it was like in real world interaction like. But it also fit the scene because they were they were talking on a real like mm-hmm. like if I were like out on a pier with somebody and they just like flip over the rail, I could still have that conversation and have that exact same face. Like right. it worked for the actor, but also the character a mm-hmm. little bit. Okay. Yeah. I so, love. I, I love their little bromance. Like when he came in and was like, "I'm sorry about your dad, dude," and then he was like, "You don't have braces anymore. You're hideous." Like, right, you like, got a girl. No figures. Right. Yeah. They did talk like guys, I like, like that, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, and at the end, he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna get Spider-Man's blood for him." Like, <laughs> yeah, actually... like this is clearly a terrible villain idea. I'll try it. Well, I think so. Since we're talking in terms of like character relationships and just kind of how the characters like were around each other, yeah. I think Spider-Man and Suicide Squad, though I might get a lot more arguments on that one, 
I think they both did female characters very, very well. Mm-hmm. I think Spider-Man yes. 2 is a perfect example of how to do a female sidekick love interest he character that you eventually kill. Ever seen. It's I amazing. thought it was really, really good. I was noticing yeah. the way they wrote her fit the plot, it fit the character, it fit the morals, it fit the themes. Like, yeah. as, like she said sentences that had, to, like, it was a perfectly crafted character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at one point, like like the whole Gwen Stacy thing is tragic and mm-hmm. really actually minimizes her character. Except right. they had Emma Stone go, "There is not a damn chance in hell you are taking this choice away from me." And it's like, well, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's All right. It. Like that makes sense, and you save the day, so cool. But they had, but that's my whole like the whole point is that she had everything working against her. She's a mm-hmm. female superhero, loving right. her psychic. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and they killed still, her. Like, one of the best and they characters. did still, cheat like, once. Oh. What'd they do? They made Peter Parker forget the magnets existed briefly so Emma Stone could bring it up. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> right. sure. I don't remember don't that. Just that. a little like bit. Character. But, like, it's okay. Like, he was in the middle of fighting somebody. Maybe he didn't have the fundamentals of science. And we don't know how magnets work anyway. So. Well, so we all know that the first Spider-Man really messed it up. So I'm glad that they redeemed it with this one. Mm-hmm. By the way, this, yes, his Mary name... Was the freaking worst. Oh, that one, yes. ...is Dane <laughs> DeHaan. Harry sense. Osborn is Dane DeHaan. And I'm pretty sure I've never seen that name before in my life. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, here's something. I just want to bring it back to Emma Stone for a second in the writing yes. here on Gwen Stacy because I didn't notice this at the time, and this is probably good. But every single, like, almost every single movie with a woman main character that I watch or a prominent side character, I go, why did she make that decision? Why would she say that? There's yeah. at least like two or three times mm-hmm. in the movie when I go, that's stupid. Like, when do women actually act like that? Oh, wait, never. Oh, unless they're, unless yeah. they're an agenda. idiot. Unless they're stupid. <laughs> like, but I never said that about her. I actually affirmed a lot of her decisions. Like, in my mind, yeah. I was like, that's exactly what I would do in this situation. Like, I thought that like three times instead yeah. of thinking, that's, that's stupid. Right. And you know what? They gave Kudos her... They gave her a beautiful death, but they also didn't do like a movie death, which I really like. Well, they did a movie death, but they didn't do like a, like, so one, one thing that one of the, I don't remember which YouTuber I follow talks about it, but the way that people die in movies, specifically women, which is always like this with their hair all blown out yeah, and their right. arms. It wasn't pretty. Kinda, no, it was brutal. They actually, right. they like, <laughs> she like, it's not like she cracked the you cement. You saw the whole yeah. thing. She, right. she, she didn't hit yeah, you the ground. Her, her neck die. cracked from the web snap. Yes, that's what it was. And then you like, she bumps her head or like, it's like. Like she, there was no it when was it happened, so, you weren't like no, maybe she's still alive. Like it she's not. It's great because it gives you both both perspective yeah. at the exact same time. Like she didn't hit the ground, but she's so dead. Like like yeah. I felt both like like elation and dread at like the exact same second. Yeah. It's yes. amazing. It's I a did, beautiful oh, shot. So good. I just I love not and, that they killed her, but that they killed her so well. Right. Well, and they make <laughs> him, they make him pathetic afterwards. Like yeah. like he's saying like stay with me, stay with me, and she's clearly been dead for three minutes. Yeah. Like that's well, like, yeah, like very it, real life. It wasn't a I'm a hero and I have to exert my masculinity to save you. No, that was that was pathetic yeah. and it was real. Yeah. Yeah. So sad, tearing up. No, no. <laughs> Just like a comic book that's fun and colorful. <laughs> Unlike those gritty superhero <laughs> movies we were talking right. about before. Well, so and just. Since we keep going back and forth, since we didn't do like one movie than the other, I also really like the way they did both of the women. Well, all of the women in Suicide Squad. One. Right, we were just the, talking about Harley Quinn. Actually, the actual right. main villain is the um, I can't remember her her name. Enchantress. No, no, no. The the one that gets the whole Suicide Squad together. Oh, the, no, she's the hero. No, she's, she's the right. Villain. She's no. right. No, no, no. She is justified. She's the reason she all just, of it like, happens. She, she, well, okay, that, that was she's weird. Actually, <laughs> the cause so, of so all of the problems. So this one time, I was playing a D and D campaign, and I was trying to play an evil character just to do it. Yeah. And so I said, I, I specifically said, all right, here's the deal. On the way back, I want to kill anybody in, who's in my way and three people who aren't. And she did that. <laughs> but other than that, she, but like, she, so she, she caused the whole problem. But on the whole, from a very like reasonable philosophical level, 
there is no reason to believe that the next Superman would share their values because actually it didn't. It was Darkseid. It didn't happen I mean, in Batman versus Superman and they had to have Superman there to happen and he died. They made sense of her crazy, but she is actually the reason why every single bad thing in that movie... She is the ultimate villain. She does not care. She is not emotional. No, she isn't... Like, she's smart, but for all of the wrong reasons. They were called out to pick, fix a problem that she caused by trying Wait, to well, get see, this together Well, see, this is, this is a place. little bit of cheap writing, because I think on a fundamental level, she's correct. However, she made a mistake, and that makes it look like she was incorrect. I think no, if she, they had actually saved the Suicide Squad until they actually needed it on for something that she didn't cause, she would be lauded as a hero. She's like, wow, you took these people who we thought were never going to be useful in society again, and they saved the world. No, I don't think she would have been a hero. I mean, everything about the way they did that character was very much like she is the actual bad guy. She, she well, You were distracted the, by the enchant enchantress. That's the pretty part. That's like, this, <laughs> that's, this, is, this is the, this is the, um, uh, I mean, the, the Jack Bauer is, is lawful, uh, lawful good argument. Like, she was doing what she thought she needed to do at the cost of everyone else for the sake of preserving society. Is that chaotic or is that lawful? I mean, this is D&D. &D, we're not going to get well, into an okay. alignment argument. So, but I, I think she's of, a great character. Yes, yeah, so sort of, yeah. Pausing that. She is a fantastically well-done female character. Then you also have um, Harley Quinn, and then you have right. Enchantress. So one, 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 one just, like, demonstrating, because we were talking about back and forth whether or not she's a villain. One thing to, to demonstrate, like, her... Like, what was it? It was... Uh, at the end, when they've all, when they're all like, okay, but so now we go free, and she's like, no, y'all are getting your asses back to prison. And then Captain Boomerang, who, by the way, this movie involved a man named Captain Boomerang, um, kind of. Well, he he goes up to her and says, "This is it. Either I'm dead, or we're gonna play." And she stands her ground and goes, "Then let's play." And then it yeah. cuts to him in a jail cell. Right. And it's great. That's perfect. Yeah. No, he yes, he his was great actually. He was not great. The ending for him was great. And now, made the most sense. It's a, the, it's, it's a little bit weirder talking about like the character interactions in this one, I think, because they are all such extremes. Yeah. Um, right. Well, they, really? they because oh. like well, Harley Quinn annoyed me to no end in this movie, but I think that means she was written correctly because mm -hmm. she's always annoyed me in every iteration I, of that character. She, this is the least annoying Harley Quinn I've ever seen because that is I, true. I, I <laughs> empathize. Well, so this is like this is when I was talking about the writing being rough. Mm -hmm. There were times the when the dialogue that they were when, actually speaking was right. Yeah. She, the dialogue wasn't perfect and it was like I, Mar Margot Robbie was doing a great job mm -hmm. acting but sometimes the line just wasn't there for her but it was always the right kind of line to say yeah like yeah. it was the, it wasn't wrong it was just it just needed another pass or it could have been like worked in a little bit different it was it was editing errors not necessarily concept errors yeah. I, I guess I would actually compare that to Electro, interestingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Electro had some of those lines where yes. it was like, he had his like... I always believed it. I, that, that's what, that's mm -hmm. my point. Oh, no. That, that's like, exactly what Harley I'm saying. took me out of the movie a couple times. Like, the, I'm go. not much of a joiner. Like, that's like... Yeah. I no, you know what she reminded me? She, yes, but she reminded me of like that really annoying girl in high school that never grew mm -hmm. up and continues to right, yeah, sure, sure. like, 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 like the Joker, she's, the, she's the person who would be that, who would do that. Yeah, right. she is a real person who just right. never not good at stopped being yeah. awful. Except that a lot of people also said things that weren't funny. I was definitely annoyed yes. by Harley Quinn, not by her writing. Right. Like, I was annoyed yeah. by yeah. the character. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is good as far as like writing goes. It's And, mm -hmm. and similarly, like... When Electro is strapped up, and the guys ask him who he is, and he he's goes, like, like "Don't, don't you know, know who I am? Like, who like, are you? I'm Electro." Like, <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense. This guy Which would be like that." It's like, also great because yeah. the, like the scientist like is the perfect character to play off that because he's like <laughs> the he most just... German scientist. I no, there's yeah. one more German scientist in Winter Soldier who is a Nazi computer. He goes That's like, yeah. "Oh my god, that guy!" <laughs> right. I actually, but I... other than that, but I love how he's like, "Okay, Electro." Sure, not touching it. Let's go. Uh, I like it. I like it. 
that, that part, like, I'm, I'm kind of, that was, like, pushing the line for me a little bit, German guy. I was like, I don't know why you had to have the super German scientist. Right. But at the same time, it was like, it's such just like a comic book thing. It was, right. It well, it's, was like, like, it's like the vials with the skull and crossbone on them right. growing glean. It's yes. like, yeah. like, that's not the way you do it, but it's how a comic book would do it. And so I love it. No, see, yeah. here's why I think that worked. Sorry. Here's why I think that worked really well is because that the Nazi like scientist is basically the archetype of the person that hates people basically who does he like gives no shits about humans but also he dies but electro electro is the type of person who um really needed to be to be loved to be seen right and yeah, also a, to be it's needed a perfect basically. villain interaction yeah, he's the villain great. in all those interactions he's mm-hmm. the yeah. please are you there? like be there for me I, like he asks like electro mm-hmm. a few times asks for like like recognition and the scientist just goes no and then he dies so yeah he basically lightheartedly electro turned, wins his like, movie refused to Briefly. fulfill any of his <laughs> yeah. needs so that's why it was a good match right. there. Actually, I sympathize with everybody in Spider-Man. Nobody's a bad guy except for Norman Osborn, who was dying so he gets a pass. Yeah, Norman Osborn was <laughs> and awful, the one but... And the guy who took over Oscorp afterward because we needed a Wall Street villain and he was there. Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. 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 I also think that, um, I can't remember his name, the fire guy in Suicide Squad. El Diablo. Mm-hmm. El- yes, oh, yeah. yes, El Diablo. He is my, like, one of my favorite <laughs> characters to ever be a character. Mm-hmm. I liked his idea. His writing was a bit rough for me, but, like, I, I don't think it was any rougher than the rest of the movie. I don't think it was bad. He wasn't rougher, it was basic. Well, he but was he straight a basic yeah, person. He was sure, like a sure. really, he didn't sure. have a well-developed philosophical like outlook. No, I, I, he, I, I he think was he's, like, I he tried that, his best, basically. I, but like, he's they, not like, they, he's not equipped for, they like philosophically equipped for that. They did the beats correctly. Like they did the, like I ain't fighting. And then the second one, like if you don't fight, we're all going to die. And then third one, he's like, Fight. And then fourth one, like, let's go! Well, like, so they they did de- the beats right. I think they could develops. Been... But what was interesting yeah. is, I don't actually think it was a great actor. Like, yeah. I don't think the actor did a very good job. And I'm not sure if he was well-written or not, because, again, his lines were so, like, kind of how that person would actually probably really be. Like, they right. wouldn't actually talk that much. He's so in his head all well, the time. I liked the I character from right. the, like, the yeah, guilt-ridden supervillain kind of thing. Like, the, right. Although, I will say, my favorite shot of the movie... Which is like is, is just his his back flash his, his flashback thing where he's like with his family yeah. and he's like in a polo sitting down at a table <laughs> with supervillain tattoos <laughs> with the kids and his wife is like hey what's going on he's like I'm trying to make a living it's, it's, it's like as if it was it felt like like remember the dinosaurs like the oh big God. egg it's like if that was put into the middle of Gilmore Girls or something <laughs> like there's just a dinosaur sitting at the table and like I'm just trying to go to work. Okay, I, I actually felt the opposite way about this. I did not care about his face tattoos. I actually, this was the most, like, palatable example of a face tattoo I've ever seen, probably because it was the inside of a skull. Yeah, Which makes really up the face. I mean, his... Okay. Right. But, yeah. all, all of the visuals of that movie were, like, some of my favorites ever. I mm-hmm. think so. I, I, I don't know this, mm-hmm. but I figure there might have been some production turbulence for Suicide Squad, which mm-hmm. accounts for some of the, the choppiness. Because parts of it were, like, there were not a lot, but there were a couple of sequences I know that were just, like, I, I, not up to the, like, the saturation and the pop of the rest. And I feel like these were done quickly with low budget or low planning or something. Like, they didn't match. I don't know I, what scenes you're talking about specifically. It's, then. like, a lot of the, the let's fight alien soldiers. Like, there's one, there's a few let's fight alien soldier sequences that are really well choreographed, and they do, like, the mm-hmm. cutback from each character, let's show off the powers and things. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes there's things like, okay, now we need to move to the next area but we don't want to show them walking. So let's cut and then let's show them walking into the next area. It's mm, like, that's interesting. It's just like a little bit of choppiness that I think comes from maybe some script rewriting or something. Yeah. I, I feel like happening. I mean, yeah, but because mostly what I remember about the alien shoulders is um, 
Will Smith stepping up and basically playing a video right. game character. Let's, and let's give a shout out to how good Will Smith did in this movie. Real quick. Right. Do we really have to though? Like Will Smith in <laughs> yes, every movie. Yes, shout out. Like, like everybody's like Will Smith only plays Will Smith. Like yeah, I love Will Smith. Yeah, why is that a bad? <laughs> also, yeah, well, his that Deadshot Deadshot is Will scene Smith. where he's just like mowing down everybody was, was like so one great, of the yeah. coolest right, really yeah. good. scenes I've seen in a long time. Was, also, yes. real real short, quick shout out to DC for having their own kick-ass elevator fight scene that nobody ever talks about. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, everybody yeah. always talks about Marvel movie elevator fight, which sounds like our podcast name. <laughs> but oh. um, like Harley Quinn just straight up soloed six aliens in an elevator. Yeah. I, admittedly, mm-hmm. kind of an awkward sort of subset. Like, I feel like somebody says, we need an elevator fight. <laughs> like, yeah. they walk slowly into the lobby. Then she's in the elevator. Right. Sure. But then mm-hmm. she, like, the fight itself was good. Yeah. I yeah. liked it. I, Harley Quinn's character was really interesting because again, I I was in the movie theater and the guy sitting next to me leaned over and he said something about how like specifically he loves the perfect mix of hot and crazy and I was right. like you should go jump in a ditch because right you that's what the bad guard yeah, said right. yeah right. They, the, the, the yeah. characters who said that in the movie died and even bad the, even, even the bad guard knew to stay away though he's like I'm not coming in the cage right. with you because last actually time that worse happened than you killed six of us in or whatever the chain. so what's really interesting is I thought Harley Quinn nailed Harley Quinn with like despite this sort of like predisposed opinion on her like sexuality and ability to kick ass and be crazy because well I mean her whole song is the whole like you don't own me blah 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 thing and they all have their own songs but like she so she does like she does like the flirty thing right to kind of distract she is owned right I mean yes that's but that's what's kind of but by her own volition yeah, she she mm-hmm. willingly gives up her freedom to the Joker, That's so the she's whole scene, owned yeah. by the Joker, but no one else. That's actually right? I, so I, she I like almost, demands. Like I almost feel like Jer- I wish Jared Leto had backed off just a little bit in that scene because mm-hmm. it's Harley's scene actually. Which one? The jumping into the acid scene. Oh sure. She actually like you can say she's crazy, but if you're saying that she's a character and she makes decisions and we're talking about her like she's a rational character with real mm-hmm. ability to be talked about, yeah. like we have to acknowledge that she made the decision to jump into the acid. Right. Knowing that he would save, I mean, that was her taking her possession, mm-hmm. like by him into her own hands, because she could have not done that, but she did. Right. Right. No, I. I but Jared Little kind of stole the scene. Yeah. So that I, I, that was the one scene, right? So they they purposely made a scene where she's putting back on her shirt. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think they did that for reasons outside of like character. They did that for marketing because it's worse in the trailer than the movie. Right. Exactly. I mean, worse. I mean, it's more flagrant. Right. Like, in the everybody is getting dressed in that scene. Actually, and actually, it's a great scene. There's a lot of like they're all interacting with their like they. Te- there's a lot of like subtle show not tell storytelling there. Yeah. Like when she picks up the gun and it's clearly Joker's gun mm-hmm. or something like like air or she has that's where she has like a lot. Of, that scene's great. And then they cut to her like briefly lowering her shirt over her bra and yeah. everybody's like staring. There was it, actually a lot of visual storytelling in this movie that I really appreciated. Yes. Um, Facial expressions were really great, specifically from Harley Quinn. Yeah. Like, she was actually, she had, uh, Margot Robbie was, everybody likes her now, obviously. Did a great job. But well, she's she like, she was on, this was her, it's kind of funny, this is what she chose to do with her Wolf of Wall Street stardom, kind of. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I'm so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, I, on the other end of uh, female characters in that movie, we had the one person who looked like she just edited, her, edited herself into the film after it was yeah. already finished. Okay. Katana. Yeah. Right. No, I keep oh, forgetting about oh her God. because really she does literally that. one thing. So I have two things to say about her, actually. So one, she does one thing, and it could have been edited out where she slashes off a fist that's about to, like, that's an unnecessary scene where Deadshot's about to be punched, and he doesn't. Sure. Right. But other than that, she sobs at her sword briefly. <laughs> yes. Right. So first off, like, she, like, like, Award goes to most awkward writing. Yeah. That's oh Katana. God. 
Her sword steals souls. Like, A, that's probably that's... pertinent info, so thanks for giving it to me. But B, what? Like, yeah. And then they never elaborate. Okay, <laughs> I can't. Katana... I have no rebuttal for this. Katana yeah. and. Uh, it's it's not really a fair point to bring Boomerang. up. Every, nobody disagrees with this. Right, but and then the guy with thing. the head. The guy the, with the head that's gone now, actually. The guy who lost his head. Mm -hmm. the, I don't remember who he was. Oh, Slipknot. Slipknot. Yeah, didn't Slipknot. he? He oh. can climb anything briefly until he explodes. Right. He's like right. Paracord, the superhero. <laughs> right. Like, the only thing I think they did wrong with the first third of the movie was clearly showing who the main characters were. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it would have been great, personally, if they had given Slipknot a full introduction and then killed him. Right. Because <laughs> I would have been like, oh crap, they're serious. You know like, what? In, in the comics, theory, that's what he exists for, and they just like played, played it too straight. My theory <laughs> is that they did, and they cut it out. Again, I Possibly, think, yeah, because they have, I mean, people have right. talked about how much footage didn't go into mm -hmm. the actual movie that supposedly would have it 10 Snyder. times better. Yeah. But like, so yeah. this is the other thing, like, Captain Boomerang, he kind of weirdly gets an intro, but he's not that important. Right. Like, he, his Captain Boomerang's actual role in the movie is sneakily drink Australian beer over in the corner Australianly. <laughs> well, but right? then the Flash got him. Right, like, that's it. Right. Like, his, his oh, intro is slightly longer yeah. than that. El Diablo's yeah. and shorter than either Deadshots or Harley Quinn's because they want to introduce mm -hmm. Barry Allen. That's it. They're just setting up the Justice yeah. League. They want to introduce this actor as a cameo. Right. I don't. I don't like their weird like DC's method of world building is entirely incorrect. But on, within this movie by itself, I really love just throwing in some of the superheroes as background characters. Yeah. It did, if it were written, if that were written better, it'd be great. Like yeah. if that was part of everybody got like. Like first off, like I said, they repeat themselves a lot. Yeah. Like the whole like part of the issue. <laughs> How many times did they say, "Yeah, we're the bad guys"? Like six. Oh that was a theme. That was a theme because the only. But they didn't have to say. No, it. I, I disagree. The no, no, because the first time it's she plays it straight. Every other time Will Smith says it, he means the opposite. Yeah. It's actually I, already, I know it. Like I well, get it. But he's I, I he's trying to convince another character in scene. He's like, yeah. no, we're not gonna abandon our like abandon Harley Quinn. We're the bad guys, right? And then they go off to Harley Quinn, and then Captain Boomerang's like, fine. Yeah. yeah. Like mm -hmm. I, I think that's actually that's part of the writing I, I appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, no, I I was super annoyed by that. <laughs> I mean, it was I, I was super annoyed by Harley Quinn, like because sure. she's super yeah. annoying. But then yeah. I also really appreciated her on a whole different level. But like dealing with her in person. I wouldn't. No. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. She actually reminded me of like uh, like one or two of my students like combined. But yeah. anyways, because she's really high schoolish in some ways. But um, my moment when I really liked her writing and liked her as a character, and this might be a moment that people point out as cliche, but was after El Diablo or Diablo talks about his like killing his kids basically, mm -hmm. and like Captain Boomerang, Captain Boomerang, that his name was like, what happened to the kids? And then and then Harley's like, he killed them. He's Don't you way. understand? He killed them. She's like, guy, it's, it's like, come on, context clues. And then, they dead. Yeah, like, but then she also goes on a rant. Like, she's like, normal is the setting on the dryer, like, or whatever. And she starts going, uh, and she's like, we can't have, we can't have kids. We can't have lives. Like, sorry. Your performance is excellent. Please stop. You're bothering I'm really that. good at, I'm sorry. I'm really good at annoying female voices. Okay. Anyways, uh, so she says that, but I thought that was just a, Normal is setting on the dryer. I really like that line, and I, I, I supposed thought to play. it was what, and it, it showed like her deepest fantasy later yeah. with Enchantress, and showed her and the Joker like with babies, and I thought that that was an interesting insight into it's how actually she actually usual Harley thing. It's kind of interesting. There's a yeah. lot. Of, there's actually other media does that, mm -hmm. takes that, and runs with it really, really well. I this, think they did a good in this. This, one this too, is though. good too. I mean, it's it's a like 
the way they did it in like some of the video games actually made Harley Quinn a real character for me. Mm-hmm. But that's, I mean, it's not necessary. I thought they did well here too. Yeah. What confused me about that sequence was I'm really kind of confused as to what Deadshot's relationship was supposed to be with his daughter. Yeah. Is oh. he supposed to love her or not? Because it really, like <laughs> his fantasy, his fantasy wasn't living with his daughter. His fantasy was shooting Batman. Oh yeah, and that then, was so weird. And then at the end, his daughter begs him not to take the shot that saves the world. No, that, that was, was a trick. Um, right, that I, was the Enchantress trying to... That confused me, too, until what? she explained it to me. That, well, that's, was, that, was, was, no that was Enchantress. Enchantress There's had... no swamp tendrils that they could throw in there? No, okay, so... Yeah. I thought that was like a thematic thing, like an in-the-head thing. No, no. Like, no I thought no. it was like a I'm willing to give up the world to to save everybody. No, 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 no. Or give up my daughter to save the world kind of thing. No, the whole point of that was like... It was, it was her last-ditch attempt at making sure that that didn't happen, which is that... Like, you actually, it actually, what it does is it shows Deadshot, and then it shows the Enchantress, which would be a completely pointless scene if she didn't look so close to, like, being completely defeated. It was, like, the last, it was, like, the scene before the boss, like, crumbles and turns into dust and, like, right, yeah. in, like, move, in, like, video games. Um, so, they, like, pan to her, and then she just has this, like, I think she has her arm out or something, or she has this look on her face, and that's when his daughter appears, and then he shoots over her, because it's a, it's her... He loves his daughter. He just is actually a bad guy. Like that's the whole point. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he loves his he loves his daughter. He wants to kill Batman. If he loved his daughter more than he wanted to kill Batman, he wouldn't be a killer. He right. Would, yeah. His, his story arc would be resolved already. Right. Yes. If that if that is how things worked, then. But that I mean that's a, yes. If, yeah. if he cared about his daughter more, he wouldn't be a villain. But yeah. he doesn't. He cares about being a villain and has clearly like revenge issues, and loves his daughter. <laughs> yeah. And he was the most emotionally functional of all of them, kind yeah, of. And he, that made him the leader. He was still a dad. <laughs> yeah, he was even more emotionally functional than Rick Flag. Like, um, who was Rick like, Flag I mean, Rick Flag's love was being held hostage by a creepy, like, ancient goddess or whatever. So that kind of makes you weird. <laughs> but like, I thought it was interesting <laughs> it how with you a little bit. He, he was uh, like a de- Deadshot was a little self righteous, like with that, like, well, I don't kill women and children, and then like El Diablo was like, well, I killed my wife and kids. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> but um, right. I th- actually, exactly. I thought the Harley Quinn thing with Normal's setting on the dryer made an interesting contrast with uh, Gwen in The Amazing Spider-Man when she says, basically, I love Peter Parker more than I love Spider-Man, which is, like, the opposite of Harley's perspective, basically. Although maybe, like, her little fantasy at the end where she's dreaming, like, a brown-haired Joker with babies yeah, that was kind of contrast that. Maybe that's her. It was weird, but, yeah, kind of like what Ian was talking about. They actually do Harley Quinn's sort of, like, psychological struggle really well in other things, and mm-hmm. I think they touched it here, but they didn't go into, like, again... They have supposedly two and a half hours of footage, you know, of just, or maybe two days. I don't even remember how much footage oh of Harley Quinn and Joker where they right. could go into depth on all of her psychological issues. Because the most interesting thing right. about That's her. I said. It's, it's kind of like the briefly break my favorite topic of Doctor Who. The last, uh, the season, nine, last season ender where like they bring back Gallifrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who spoilers, sorry. Um, they, like, they don't spend much time on Gallifrey. And I got that because they had one hour and they chose to do a Doctor story, not a Gallifrey story. So yeah. this movie, I get, they didn't, like, they wanted the Joker there as sort of a, a set piece for Harley and to set up Justice League, presumably. And so they, they had him in and they say, here's the deal. We're going to show you that this happened. Ask questions later. And yeah. I think that's fine. So to, to go bring it back to uh, Spider-Man, just for the kind of the ending here, um, I, I thought kind of in, in contrast, I actually thought that Spider-Man had a really, really solid, like, uh, like a really solid script in practical terms. Like mm-hmm. it was like everything. It wasn't just thematic, 
Like every, I, I had questions that I asked and realized that there were actually answers to all of them. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. the fact that every, like you find out that he, that the spider serum was made by his father using his own DNA, and that's why it gave him spider powers. Right. And it answered questions I didn't know I had. Right. Well, yeah. it, it answered questions that other people wouldn't have bothered. Also, with, which like, I thought was like, great. what happened to Peter Parker's parents? Right. It mm -hmm. actually, it, watching this movie, I realized I never asked that question. <laughs> I was so <laughs> caught up in the Uncle Ben tragedy. I'm like, right. well, he lives. With his aunt and uncle, I guess. I mean, so does so does Will Smith bringing it back around, right? Well, and it showed a little bit of his parents like leaving him in the first movie, but then didn't address it because it wasn't important for the rest of that movie. But then it right. became important for the second one, and it went back. And what it went back to explained just just little things that like I didn't need this to make the movie good, but the fact that it just sort of addressed like this is why when Harry tries to inject himself with stuff, he turns into a horrible green right. hissy monster well, I, I as, instead of getting spider powers. Back again, just a little bit on Doctor Who. Like, one of the most recent Doctor Who episodes, I realized, it wasn't necessarily any better to the average viewer than average, to the, like, the mo most of the demographic, like, than most of the episodes. But having tried to write things, I understood that this episode was written better, and just, like, it fit better, and it did things better that it didn't even necessarily need to. It was just sort of like a, like, kind of a sterling quality script. I think Spider-Man's like that. I can see why people don't necessarily see that as a strength of it, because a lot of it is, like, it made the productions a lot easier, or, like, a, a, or it made the writing in other parts, like, it was, the writing was helping the writing at parts, as opposed to helping the audience, but it was really high quality from a writing perspective, I think. Yeah, well, and I think you can kind of see that in that they, they did, so to me, one of the things that they did that other people might look at and be like, that's bad because of a previous example, they stuck three villains in the movie. The Spider-Man right, yeah, movie that came out. We a should have actually gone over these. Yeah. Beforehand, the last installment of Tobey Maguire's movie was exactly not good because they tried to cram too many villains into the story at the same time. They had three in there too. Right. Well, so many like superhero movies before the Iron Man Renaissance. Actually, right, yeah. Like it's a typical falling. Is like it's kind of like the the how Disney does sequels. Like if you see Cinderella two, no. it's just <laughs> three episodes of a Cinderella TV show that failed. Like ah. it's kind of like how do we do? And, and there, this is still kind of so. Spider-Man did it well in like picking up Daredevil season two, which didn't do it perfectly, but they like in terms of bringing together bit, multiple yeah. villains, they did it pretty well. It's like Spider-Man had different stories all within this one movie, which is cool. It had right, it, was, it like, had a Peter Parker story, but on the side with the villains, it had one entire arc for Electro. It mm -hmm. had an a origin story for the Green Goblin. And then at the end, it just kind of threw Rhino in to help accentuate Peter Parker's story, which was perfect. That's it was all I needed him for. I loved that scene. I, I never understood people complaining why he wasn't in there very much because that's who the rhino always has been also. Well, like, but you say that, but you also tried to write a script where Shocker was important. Yes, because it was fun, but... <laughs> like... Um, but yeah, like, Rhino is tutorial villain and he shows up and plays that role exactly the way he's supposed to. It's also like, I didn't need to see the fight. I know he wins. Right. It was a thematic. Like, right. he, he, was... he goes back to New York. That was the, the point. Yeah. Like, he already won, so. I'm trying to think of there's like, real briefly, like, because I said at the beginning, it does many other things that other movies have done badly, just, like, as a quick overview. It includes multiple villains. Um, it plays to the cheesiness, but it does it well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, Good geez. treatment of female character. Well, it's just things that other things people have oh. done poorly. Well, they do that poorly a lot. <laughs> Fair, true. They include, a fe like like Allison pointed out, a, a, a female love interest sidekick and make her kick-ass. Um, what are the other points to this 
this argument. It's actually, it probably would have helped a little bit to look up some of the, the complaints about the movie right. more beforehand. I just heard them so much, I figured I'd Well, you know, it's actually, them, it's like, uh, mostly where, it was, where I found them was Cracked articles. That's true, yeah. Cracked, cracked really hated the movie. movie. <laughs> and it's great, because all the comments were like, Cracked, it's not that bad. <laughs> cracked really hated Spider-Man 2 and The Dark Knight Rises. And the comments were like, they're not that bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I think that kind of covers both of them pretty well, though. Like that's the well, I could talk for another hour, but we I could, won't. yeah. But that's a good summary of why we enjoyed these two movies that did not do very well. Right? How, how what didn't like Suicide Squad have like a thirty percent on Rotten Tomatoes or something? Actually, Suicide Squad, well, Spider Man, I know sits at like a between between Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, it's like a fifty-eight and a sixty-three. Uh, okay, it's like that's not as bad as I would have guessed, but. Right, and so um, Suicide Squad did. I think Suicide Squad was still. I don't know about it financially though, because that's important also. Like people yeah. just go see like, like we'll get to like Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is doing amazingly financially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's even though it's like not necessarily the most sterling example of all of the elements of every possible superhero greatness. So yeah, th- those are our thoughts. I know people listening probably will disagree with us because everybody else does. Um, but or it, it'll be like, guys, why are you talking? We already agree. Shut up. In which case, you could have turned the po- the podcast off an hour ago, guys. Um, I and I even like the 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 whole like I can't even defend Sony necessarily. <laughs> like I fully understand the the bad decisions that get made, and we we won't just be defending movies that you hate in this podcast. <laughs> um, I plan to, but. I, I, I feel like Don uh, Quixote it up until that's, like, that's sort of my general. I, both of those movies highlight my general disposition toward these movies. I think and right. sort of like what I prioritize and what yeah, I like, like the like, ones I like. It's like it's my particulars. Suicide Squad. The pacing bugged me, but I know it doesn't bug everybody else the same. Right. Amazing Spider-Man. The writing was amazing to the point where it makes it elevates it to a higher level to me that I know other people don't care about. And to me, that's kind of the important thing. It's like there are bad things with the movies, but it doesn't ruin the movie for right. me. It in, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it, and that's like any. Like, Overarching moral theme: If you enjoy the movie, your complaints don't work. <laughs> yeah, it's like analysis and criticism are like kind of different things. So, mm-hmm. right, I love talking bad about movies that I love. Right. Yes. Yeah. We actually got comments a lot. Like back when I first made the Fable video, it was like, oh yeah, I also hate Fable. I'm like, I'm not making the videos because I hate Fable. I love it. That's why I'm making. That's why I'm spending hours. Right, that was like actually it. our <laughs> entire Doctor Who skit was like at some point we had, like it's everything we love to hate to talk about too. Yeah. Which is actually a good example because, like, people love complaining about Doctor Who. And right. every time I watch an episode that I don't like, I'm like, eh, that wasn't good. I guess I'll watch next week's. Like, it just, it doesn't, well, it never throws me off of the whole show to right. watch we, like, we, we have, we have, like, I think half of our Discord chat is complaining about Doctor Who really, really happily, <laughs> cheerfully complaining about Doctor Who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what do you, any, any final thoughts on the movies before we close it out? Um, I mean... I, realizing the important things, I guess, if you're talking about writing or pacing, two things are important to me: characters and visuals. Like right. those are the mm-hmm. two. Most no, I didn't even things. touch on visuals. Oh yeah, we didn't talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that's your whole thing. That <laughs> is my whole thing. Both of the movies, I think, are incredibly visually in completely different ways different, for completely yeah. different reasons. Review real quick. This is this is your area. Oh well, I mean, I think so. I think Spider-Man. The things that they did really well were just like they weren't afraid to touch color, right? And that's mm-hmm. like a huge thing with like all of well DC ruins it with all of their superhero movies, right? They're like, yeah, let's just turn all of the saturation down by, like, 10. Because who needs it, right? Colors aren't cool anymore. They they do the kind of the Transformers thing, like, super saturate and super contrast to the point. Which I hate that nonsense. (laughs) Um, But but I think, well, I think Spider-Man, actually, they were so not afraid of, like, the reds and the blues. It pops. Everything looks like a... It looks comic booky. That's what we Mm -hmm. try to do with our Spider-Man video. Like, when we... 
Brief like break. best as we could, yeah. As best as we could. <laughs> right. Between your inability and my in skill. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the thing is, like, colors don't make something not serious. And that's what a lot of movies right. use is they turn yeah. that off. Right. Well, because, like, Suicide yeah. Squad does the gritty thing, but it's su- shorthand. It's actually, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually lazy to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, there, there are certain things where it's like, you want this movie to be dark and gritty. If it's a war movie, it's gray. If it's a weird, techie future movie, it's right. green. It's well, like, it's just, you, right. there are colors that just like, like bringing back around to the beginning, right? At some point, color grading a movie for tone was important because otherwise every movie was being shot the same and this made it different and made its point better. And yeah. now we do it as a matter of course because we've deconstructed it to the point where we don't know why we do it. Right. Yeah. So they chose a gritty palette for their DC universe. Like, yeah. And that's why Suicide Squad is like, every, every if you watch the three Suicide Squad trailers, mm-hmm. everyone gets more colorful. Yeah. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's and what's great. interesting is like in the, so weirdly when you think of the Suicide Squad movie, there's actually a lot of dark tones to it. There are. But they didn't actually remove the color. They like enhanced the blacks sort of in it. Like all oh, yeah. of the mm-hmm. darkness. And, and that makes sense for like certain scenes. Like they're fighting the little weird mushy alien people things. Mm-hmm. They're black. They're black like well, they Kind of like a little looking. bluey thing. But like yeah. Enchantress, any screen that Enchantress was in after she like went Nova, she was super, super colorful and her brother yeah. was big and bright red. Yeah. And like... And, like, one of Harley Quinn's most noticeable things is that she is, like, I mean, she, she was actually, weirdly, one of the most colorful versions of herself in this mm-hmm. one. Because mm-hmm. she's only black and red and white. She has, yeah. right, right. But she got the blue this time. For this one, yeah, they gave her a little bit of blue, and they messed up her makeup, and they did her hair. I mean, they did her hair kind of normal, but... Or it's, like, even just... things like, like, Deadshot's gun. Deadshot's gun is red and gold, and your mm-hmm. hers is white and black, and you can see it. Right, yeah. Or he yeah. puts on the mask, and the mask is gray. The mask is, it's, like, it's just I a foam mask. mask. <laughs> but, like, any scene he's in... He's in a dark, gritty scene. He's got this bright white circle with like the big red sign, and it yeah. makes it work. It's like it's a stupid-looking mask, literally everywhere except the scenes they put it in. I think. Oh, and the Joker's car. Like they were not yes. afraid mm-hmm. to go to use color to accentuate the point of every single scene. They were like, yeah. "This is what you're gonna look at," and I'm gonna do that with color. Right. I That's want to point out good filmmaking that they, <laughs> yes. that they that there was a Skrillex song called "Purple Lamborghini" that they played over the purple Lamborghini chasing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's what's really interesting, or what was um, what I was just thinking of is that someone commented. So, yeah, your movie sucks is a YouTube channel that I follow, <laughs> and he did one on the Suicide Squad before I think like it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where the Joker, when he like plugs Harley Quinn's little like he puts little electric yeah. things on her mm-hmm. head, there is a like Instagrammy purple blue filter that kind of comes over it, like the uh-huh. lights in the corner sort of. I loved it. And what's really interesting is it's definitely not something you see movies do because it's not something that happens in real life and that's okay, like the hand web. You're allowed to accentuate a scene by adding things that make it more of what it's supposed to be. They're like Like imposing the the feeling onto you. When they did the the transitions during the character portfolios Mm -hmm. where they just like freeze-framed and like slammed comic book colors on them. Yeah. like And then like flipped the... That was great. And I kind of see why they didn't continue because that's like a... Well, Community did this one in the 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 Western shootout paintball episode of Community, right. where they had like the, the freeze frames with like Ace of Space. Like they did the same thing in this, and the, it worked um, the same the way. Borderlands intro is kind of what everybody is yeah. sort of yeah. like the, the go-to comparison. But I yeah. loved it. Yeah, I really. But I, you're right. The vignetting was great. I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed the colors in both of those movies because, again, they did that exact thing that I like to do specifically in anything that I visually touch, which is like make the point with the color. Right. Yeah. So and right. Also has the most amazing choreography and just general shot composition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like cinematography is a whole scenes. different thing. That's, it does super well. That's another mm-hmm. thing. I like movies where you could take a screenshot every like five seconds and use it as a desktop background. <laughs> yeah. And both of those movies did a great job at that. Like mm-hmm. literally you could pause it just about anywhere and be like, 
Beautifully done. Except yeah. three, like, eighths of your screenshots would just be Captain Boomerang drinking beer. Well, sure. <laughs> and if you're into that, you know, also, whatever. Also, did Boomerang but... literally do anything once? Did, oh, I, sorry. I, I just thinking about like, the, the composition. I, <laughs> I saw a behind-the-scenes video on how they did the web-swinging shots. Yeah. Because they're animated. Which sure. is another mm-hmm. thing. At some point, we'll get into the CGI issue, because CGI doesn't bother me. If, right, but um, it's... although there were a couple times when it wasn't great in Spider-Man, like when he's in the back of the truck, much, but... he looks like a video game character. But that's fine. Doesn't the way they did these shots with him swinging, first of all, they had to build a full 3D rendering of New York City, which is kind of an oh, interesting yeah. task in itself. They've already done that for several video games. Um, but the, but they had to make it like photorealistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they did, they actually used what later turned into VR technology. Hmm. They they said they had a guy hold a camera and handheld like move the camera through the digital. And they just tracked that onto the digital so that it looks like it's right. actually somebody holding mm. a camera while as it's going through, which I thought was amazing, because it actually let somebody get like these really organic like camp like handheld camera movements. Yeah, a lot of the mm. history of technology is taking really complicated, super cool science things and making them dumb enough for humans <laughs> to be able to use them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I loved like the the comic book composition of the Spider-Man movie. Like, it, it also felt like video games to me. A lot of my touchstone for yeah. Spider-Man is uh, actually video games. I played so many Spider-Man games. Yeah. And there were things, he moved in certain times and he was like swinging and I was like, I've done that in the game. I, I remember that movement, like that yeah. animation. It's actually, it's great because I remember like, oh, I remember doing that in that game, but I couldn't in the other game and that's why it sucked. <laughs> you know what, this is actually really interesting because, so back kind of on the color, Electro is blue, yep. like mm-hmm. through and yeah. through the brightest blue, and they were not afraid to do that. I mean, Spider-Man's blue and red, right? And like, uh, they Electro they, actually is the color blue though, because he's light. Right. So well, what's you know what's weird? He looks like the Green Lantern wrong? suit, but it works. What they're doing wrong is yeah. the new Justice League, I think, with Cyborg. That's oh, how yeah. to do it exactly wrong. Right. He they're looks. Like, no, he looks no. like a transformer. He does. Right. They're like, no, no, too much color. Please remove. We can't take him seriously. Well, it's like they're trying to try too hard. Yeah, I can't tell. It's supposed to be cyborg. You see, like, they yeah. have, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. like, Ironside's gun in the first Transformers movie has more moving parts in it than all of Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, they, that's where they'd be like, what if these bots were real and they were okay. super, like, they invented new forms of math and they did that with Cyborg. It's like, we don't need math, we want color. So, here's a really easy comparison way that I view this kind of stuff. You can go out and take a picture of a flower on your phone, mm-hmm. right? And then you can call it all kinds of photography or art that you want. But it's only really art once you put a black and white filter over it. Like that's when people like that's what people do. They go black and white filter, and that's like that is like base level minimum. I'm suddenly an artist. And I think right. what movies do is they go, we'll just desaturate all the colors because then you're focusing on things like the grit and the realism. So right. if you can do it well and get your point across and still be serious and at the same time focus on all the other things and use all of the colors, then yeah. you've seriously, like, you've got it right. And that's bringing mm-hmm. back into the themes of why this movie did things better that other movies failed on. Right. Like, so when you, when, other, when you take a picture of a flower and you make it black and white, what you're saying is, I did something to this picture and now it means something different. Yeah. Now, maybe you have something that actually means that or maybe you just wanted to say that. These movies, a lot of these movies don't, they, when they stick in three characters and they make it super gritty, what they're doing is they're saying, look, we did a thing right. intentionally so you know that we did a thing, but everything they did in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, they did for a reason and it worked. They I had was, three yes. villains and they all... They, I was going to make exactly the same point, actually. Mm-hmm. Basically, all this speaks to is just having, is understanding why you're doing the things that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And when, right. that, when, when, when you're considering that, there are no actual rules, is the thing. No. It's like, yeah. that's yeah. the whole point. As long as you have a, as you understand 
why you're using the visuals the way you are and why you're using color and why you're writing it this way and why these characters are acting the way they are and interacting. And right. it, it's like it's as don't much, just do do with reason. It's as much what what you show as what you don't show, and you have it's to make as those much decisions. Why you show it, and and why yeah. you show it, yeah. And I think the ones that end up kind of faltering are the ones that ignore that. It's like why do they make it dark in Superman? Because that's what the rest of yeah. them are doing. Like it's, yeah. this is this is the palette I mean, we show. Well, Zack Snyder's good at that, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, or yeah. any other reasons. Well, yeah. we can do DC better later. I mean. When you make when you make an art product like that involves photography or film, you're capturing reality, and a lot of people don't think about how um, you're intentionally doing it. But like Allison was saying, when you take a photo and make it black and white, you're trying to convey some kind of emotion. And when you take that like black and white kind of desaturated gritty filter and put it on something, you are conveying like a basic emotion. Like you're saying, like this world is gray. Like maybe the morals aren't as clear. So just right. bad things are going to happen. So that's an emotional shortcut you're taking. But like the reason that the Amazing Spider-Man and Suicide Squad especially make powerful points is because they don't just do that one thing. They do all these like specific things like... Right, um, right. Yeah. Like See, also like saying, the red dress in Schindler's List. So that's just like a more effective communication as an art product. Like it's, yeah. it's doing specific things. Well, it's things. communication. That's yeah. what it is. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, art exists to make points, right? It, it exists to take you somewhere emotionally, right? So when it's doing a better job of communicating specific emotions at specific times, it's t it's like And it does so subtly, I think is what it is. It's like it, putting putting the gray filter over it is basically putting a sign over it that's being like, this is morally gray. Well, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, it's okay if you do it brashly if you do it, like, like the splash page comic books. That's sure. not subtle. Yeah, or, following mm -hmm. exactly what I've been saying. But, like Allison said about the vignetting, that's subtle. Yeah. Yeah, and that that works. Or, but uh, sorry, and, and just just to just to right. reiterate, like I'm not I'm not going against it and saying what they're doing is wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying do it with a reason. Like yeah. understand yeah. why you're doing it. Is all. Like put the gray filter on as long as you know why you're putting the gray filter. Spider Man yeah, does it all, but he does it all right. Yeah, there's no wrong or right way to do art. We just happen to like this, and we think it's right. like good <laughs> craftsmanship. It's it's more specific and tailored. Basically, we can't say it's bad art, but we can say it doesn't get, do much for me and it doesn't effectively communicate as much as Spider Man does, which is what I say every time I see art. <laughs> sorry, Van. And go. <laughs> Not as good as Spider-Man. Well, I, I think that probably covers everything for this podcast. Right. Um, also, the music's good in both. Uh, yes, yes, good music. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, JP on <laughs> just throw that right thing and no no yeah. no elaboration. Um, Music is a good kind of art because it takes you straight to a specific emotion in yeah, a see, more specific talking, way than color can. <laughs> you're talking I knowledgeably. Believe. Please stop. I don't know anything about this. Um, so I, I think we'll have this on we'll have this on YouTube and on iTunes. Um, so it'll be accessible on our website if you want it in MP3 format only. Um, if uh, please leave uh, any kind of comments or feedback. If it's on the YouTube channel, you can leave it there. You can also just email us directly if you uh, want to leave feedback about the podcast in general or just share your opinions on these topics and also give us some, some suggestions on things that you might think uh, would be right. interesting for us to talk what about. What would you either. like to us take uh, our take on what like now that you know what our take <laughs> is right we'll do it either I, I don't know if like uh, if you have specific movies that you'd like us to kind of like go over go for it but right. we're not we're not really aiming to do movie reviews we're kind of no looking it's like at movies specific. as a point yeah it's like every frame of painting we'll use this right in, every it's, frame an, it's called exemplary. exemplary it's a, we're using it as an exemplar um, Thanks, Livy. If you if you've noticed specific things like themes or, or or anything that you've liked in certain movies, point that out to us, and we might be able to go take a look at it. Basically, right. um, the best response, of course, is to start your own podcast 
and duel us verbally, and we'll, <laughs> we won't make a podcast back because we can barely make this one, but we, we'd appreciate it anyway. We have a list of, of things to do already. I don't know exactly when they'll start coming out. When they do, I want to make sure that we put it on a regular schedule. I don't know what that schedule will be, but maybe it'll be like, probably won't be weekly, but maybe like every two weeks or something like Bi-weekly that. Something. We'll work it out um, after seeing how this first one does. Um, so, yeah, I guess that, that basically covers it. Allison has, has walked away, um, <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. Uh, from the rest of us, uh, thanks for joining Superhero Chicken Fest. Yeah, thank you. We really enjoyed uh, having you listen to our podcast. And thanks listen- for sticking it out. <laughs> and I think I speak for all of us when I say I'm a Superhero Chicken Fest! Yeah.